0: How we doing? Guys, I need to talk to you specifically. You do realize you have less than four days to get our shopping done, right? The ladies have been done since Thanksgiving. Some of us, the time is clicking. Better, better, uh, better get going. Man, isn't it exciting? We're going to be here at Christmas here just in a couple days. Those are the people that are ready. The rest of you must be in the shopping window here. It is going to be an incredible week. We have uh, really two great services planned this Thursday, and I want to encourage you either at our 3 p.m. or 5 p.m. service, get your tickets and be here in the room. We want to celebrate and worship with you. If you can't be here in the room, then as many people have been doing since uh, this all began, we want you to worship with us online. But let's get together Thursday at some point, either 3 or 5 p.m., and just celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ because it is the difference maker that all of us need. And as we were praying this morning with some of our volunteers we, we said, and we've said it a number of times here, if, if no other reason, Jesus Christ is the greatest gift that you could give somebody at Christmas. And to lead them, to bring them into a place where they could come and hear about his goodness and faithfulness and love. Where they would have an opportunity through the power of the Holy Spirit to in, in, receive that invitation into their heart for Jesus to change their lives. Make that happen this week. Have them join you here at a service. Get an extra ticket. Take it to them. Make sure they join you online. Be here with us. Worship together. And let's receive Jesus as he comes into this world. Uh, I also want to let you know, some of you got an email this week, uh, that next Sunday we are not going to be in this room. Everything that we're going to do is going to be online. So as you guys are traveling, you're being around family, we want to take next Sunday and give you guys a chance to rest. Well, obviously, with uh, everything going on, we want to kind of space some distance out between Christmas and being back on worship. So you guys join us. Everybody in the room online, you join us online next Sunday, and we're going to worship together. And then we'll be back as soon as the new year here uh, comes. We'll be back together on January the 3rd. And so there you go. There's your infomercial for the whole day. You ready? All right, let's talk about Advent. If, if no other reason in 2020, a lot of us have not lived in a state of peace. The anxiety of the moment, this, the changes that seem to be daily. Even now that there's a vaccine, I've heard a number of people, some this morning, some this week, news articles. Uh, don't listen to social media. They'll tell you the world is crashing down. But we've, we've seen that there's a lot of people that are just having a hard time living at peace. And here's a season where we should be celebrating, we should be looking forward to family time, we should be able to somehow relax, whether we only get a day or we get a couple days, but we should just be able to relax and just enjoy some peaceful days. And yet it can sometimes be such a challenge. But we have to remember, the peace that we're searching for doesn't come in something that we do. The peace that that we're searching for and that many of the people in your life and you right now, that you're searching for, can only be found in Jesus Christ. So as we go through the hustle and bustle, of the holidays, as we look and we're we're excited about the gifts and all the things, just remember that the peace that you're looking for is not wrapped under a tree. It's only in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Many, many years ago, almost 700 years to the day that Jesus was born, a man by the name of Isaiah, Isaiah began to prophesy and share all these prophecies about the coming child because Israel was in a place where they were totally far away from God and there was no hope for them. And all of a sudden, God says, it's time to tell them what I'm about to do. So Isaiah begins to prophesy, and he begins to share with them prophecy after prophecy, and these prophecies have come true. There are so many things that Isaiah has said, it's almost completely and totally been done. That's how strong of a connection that Isaiah had with God, and that's how God fulfills his promises. And so in the midst of God saying, here are the promises, here are the things that are going to happen. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, Isaiah says this. Talking to the children of Israel, all the things that God is about to do, Isaiah says this, and for a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. When we focus on the peace of the Advent story, what are we really looking for? It's not the world peace that we've seen at every beauty pageant or every person that just kind to come up with a clicheous answer like, what do you want the world to be like? World peace. We want peace that changes everything. We want the peace that changes our life. We want the peace that brings hope, that brings joy, that brings love. And guess what? As we study Advent, we see that Jesus brings all of those. The Prince of Peace is coming, and he's coming to change the world. I was searching Christianity.com, and one of the authors in an article that I was researching said this, Jesus Christ is the only reason that we can truly live peaceably with God. Jesus Christ is called the Prince of Peace because he restores every broken relationship, Provides a well-ordered and balanced life and offers us the assurance of eternal life. Based on those three things. Anybody interested? I believe we all are. And if you're not raising your hand, you're not like, I'm not even sure what he just said. You're interested in it. Because all the things that we try, all the things that we want to do, these are the things that we're seeking after and it's found in Jesus Christ. Go with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is one of the most popular chapters of the Bible to read at Christmas time. We've read many, many passages out of it through this Advent series, and we want to read kind of toward the tail end of this passage, a couple of sections of it. Because what I want you to understand before we talk about anything about the why is the peace necessary, I need you to understand one complete understanding of what peace is, and that is that peace completes your life. When you have the peace of Jesus, when you have that relationship firing on all cylinders, when you understand who Jesus is in your eyes and your, inf- and your attention and everything about you is 100% convinced that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, the peace that comes into your life changes everything. Notice here, I didn't say that everything is rainbow and sunshine. Obviously, today is not a rainbow and sunshine kind of day. I didn't say that everything would just be okay and that, man, it's just going to be right. You're going to just cloud nine the whole way. I didn't say that. I just said that when you have that focus and that attention on Jesus Christ, that peace comes in your life and makes you whole, makes you complete. So no matter if you're on cloud nine or cloud negative nine, you are right there with Jesus and he has you firmly in his grasp. So we want to understand that the Prince of Peace makes your life complete. Luke chapter two, we're going to pick up in verse 25. Mary and Joseph take... Jesus to the temple. It's part of the ritual. It's part of the process. It's part of what Mary and Joseph are supposed to do. They're supposed to present their child to the priest. They're going to go they're taking an offering. They take their offering and they find a man named Simeon who's a prophet. And picking up in verse 25 it says this, and there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He was righteous and devout looking forward to Israel's consolation and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. So guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace, just as you have promised. My eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all people. The light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And if that wasn't enough, there was another affirmation that happened. Keep going down to verse 36. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, who came from the tribe of Asher. And she was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. But she had been a widow for 84 years. And she did not leave the temple, serving God day and night, fasting and praying. That very moment, she came up and began to thank God to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. What's really neat about Simeon's experience is, unlike some of the stories that we've heard about so far, this is not an angel coming into your presence, giving you that direct revelation. This is not one of those like Damascus Road experiences that we read with with Saul, now Paul, where Jesus Christ just comes and stops him in his tracks and says, this is what's going on. This is a little different, but really Simeon's life is how our life is supposed to be, in my estimation, because it says the Holy Spirit was upon him, and the Holy Spirit led him to the revelation that Jesus was about to come into this place. The Holy Spirit is leading him to go on. These are the steps that I'm going to take, and when I take this step, I'm going to see the Messiah, and then when I see that Messiah, then I will taste death, and I can move on. For some of us in our day, you know, when we're looking for peace, we're trying to chart our steps, but it's us trying to chart the steps. And yet God says, let me orchestrate those steps. Because the peace that I bring to you won't exactly be rainbow and sunshine, but it will be the peace that completes you. And so as Simeon, as our example, if we would be led by the Holy Spirit to follow his instruction to lead or to be led by him and not to be the leader of him, can you imagine the revelations that God would show us along the way? So staying with Simeon, Simeon comes in, here comes this Christ child. And it's not like Jesus had ID. It's not like Mary and Joseph whipped out the ID card and said, hey, this is the Messiah. Here you go. You want to check the blood type? We can get a sample. No, no, no. It was as soon as he touched the child Jesus, he pulled him into his arms. He knew exactly who he was. And for so many of us, when the Holy Spirit comes on our life, when we're in the presence of Jesus, and we just know that Jesus is in the room. We don't have to question it. We don't have to argue about it. We don't have to find research about it. We just know that we are in the presence of Jesus. And for so many of us, one of the things that we need right now is not to search for peace. We need to search for the Holy Spirit who brings it so that we can know Jesus for ourselves in an intimate, wonderful way. The same is true about Anna. Anna is 100 plus years old. She has been living in the temple for 84 years or around the temple. She has vowed not to get remarried but serve the Lord for the rest of her life. She has been faithful to the mission of that temple and the mission of the people. And she is so just wrapped up in what God is doing that she has served him her entire life. Many of us, 84 years, that's a lifetime. Here she is. She's probably 104, maybe a little older. Her entire life has been spent with Jesus. And it's not even that she came in and, and would touch the baby, but when she came in and she saw who Simeon was holding and she saw who were the parents where she knew. And the Holy Spirit had said, "This is the one." And if you notice, Anna doesn't go up and like, "Hey, let me give you a gift from the registry, and so cute." And here's no. Anna turns to the people and begins to tell them all the things that God has promised, it just now came true. You know, for us, as we sit in here in this church, as we sit in here, we need to walk out to the world and say the world can be made complete, not because of who we are, but because of who is in our hearts, because of who we know and who we can see. And the peace that you're searching for, this Jesus, he is real, he is here, and he is alive. Imagine if the world adapted to some of that. Can you imagine the completeness that many of our lives would then experience? Sure, trouble's going to happen. We we wouldn't be bogged down by it. Some of those financial things, I've talked to so many of us in the last couple of years, finance has just been crazy. But you know what? Many of you have said this to me, but God is faithful. The peace of God in those moments has made you sure that whatever financial issue I may have, God is better than that. Man, I've lost some loved ones. I've lost some friends. People are sick. But you remain faithful going, you know what? God was present in their lives before, and I know God will continue to be present when we see each other again in heaven. Are we glad they're gone? No way. But are we at peace because they're with Jesus? Absolutely. That peace makes us complete. We can say that, you know, Simeon and Anna both, man, that's a lot of years they wasted. I don't believe they would say they wasted a single one of them. If you're on a journey for something that you really want, and it took you hours or days to get there, But when you got there, you were super excited for what the results were. Would you say that you wasted even a single moment? There's not a chance. You're making memories along the way. You're building relationships along the way. You have those mile markers where you stop and you hang out and you do things. You never waste the time to get to what you want. And I'm telling you right now, Simeon and Anna never wasted a single minute of their life. They held faithful and true to the promise that God had given to them. And even though it took a lot longer than they may have wanted, they were rewarded. You may be there, you may be online, you may be here in the room. You're like, you know what, I don't know if, if I can hang on. Let me tell you something, you hang on with everything you got. Because when the Holy Spirit shows up in your life, you will be made complete in ways that you've never understood. And you will attain and achieve and experience and feel so much more peace than you've ever felt before. But it's only through the presence of God. I love what it says about Anna. Let me remind you. When she turned and she looked at the crowd, it says this in verse 38. At that very moment, she came up. She began to thank God and speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. The redemption of Israel. We need to share our story. We need to share the things that Anna could see that many could not. That Jesus is here. Jesus is alive. And Jesus is the peace. You know, the things that I I was looking at, Justin and I were talking this week, you know, we talked about the Prince of Peace. Well, what is this Prince of Peace? Why is it so important that I would trust my life with this Prince of Peace? That's what I want to spend the rest of our time this morning, because some of us, whether we know Jesus now, we've known him for a while, or where we're brand new, and you're talking about this person, and I'm going to need to figure out who he is, I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to change your life. So the first thing that you need to understand about the Prince of Peace is the Prince of Peace comes to restore broken relationships you are given peace to restore broken relationships in your life don't raise your hand because they might see. they might be in the room with you i don't know you may be sitting next to them hopefully not but do you have a relationship in your life that's broken frayed? you're a grand canyon apart or maybe you're just a couple inches away you got one of those the peace of jesus is given to you so that relationship can be restored But not only that, the first one is that your relationship with Jesus can be restored. Why is that important? It is going to be hard for me to give someone peace if I do not have the peace of Jesus in my life. I can't give you what I don't have. I can't give you anything that I don't possess myself. And the the original thing is I can't produce peace on my own. I have to be given to it. I have to be given it by Jesus Christ. So the first peace and grace given to you, really peace given to you, is that relationship with Jesus Christ, that that vertical relationship that we talk about so often. Before I can live at peace with my fellow man, I have to have peace with Jesus. The Prince of Peace came so that we could have that restoration of relationship. Why is it Jesus came on this world, gave his life, died on a cross, resurrected? Why did he come and do all this? Because he loves you. Now that wasn't a general like, you know, he loves, I'm telling you, you individually, you tell yourself right now in your mind, wow, Jesus loves me. Because that's who he came for. So it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've come from, what your past is, how good you are, how bad you are, and anything in between. Jesus loves you, has come for you, has died for you, has given power to you, and he wants to give peace to you. You don't have to do anything other than accept the invitation. The second thing is, is grace given to that broken relationship, your relationship with other people, that horizontal relationship, everybody on the earth with you. Now, let's just say, let's be honest. Can we just call a spade a spade and say that one is a little more difficult than the vertical relationship with Jesus? So we think. I'm telling you this right now. The peace given to you is not only peace for you, but it's peace for other people. We are to live at peace with other people. Let that peace of Jesus overflow from your heart into those relationships. So it may take a couple months. It may take a couple years. Goodness gracious, it may take for the rest of your life. But as much as it depends on you, you begin to live at peace with everybody you come in contact with. I don't care if it's your political differences, if it's your uh, you know, sports team differences, if it's your taste differences, if it's your style differences. We just don't care. There is no clear distinction other than we are to live at peace with every person we come in contact with. Satan's not going to like it. That's why it's going to take time. But the more that you feel that peace of Jesus in your life, the easier that becomes. Paul writes us the second thing about why the Prince of Peace. Because the Prince of Peace comes to guard your heart. Jesus Christ comes to give you so much peace, it begins to guard your heart. Paul writes it this way in Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be evidence or known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus actually says in the New Testament, the peace that I give you does not look like you think it might. Sometimes it's to bring calm and order. Sometimes it's to wield a sword. But I promise you, when Jesus is the one orchestrating the peace, it doesn't matter who you are, what your situation, it's going to be taken care of. Again, it may take some time. It may not look like rainbow and sunshine, but Jesus will take care of it. That's the peace that sometimes we need. We need truth. Peace can be held, can, can be achieved, but sometimes it has to be achieved by things that are ugly, things that are friction. But if it's all leading to the peace that only Jesus can provide, it's all worth it. We need the peace of Jesus in our lives. Prince of Peace is also called Mighty God, the defender of our heart. How many times do we see that God is in, or Jesus is in, the, the mode of defending his people? How many times in the Old Testament we see God defending his people? Jesus' peace will guard us from anxiety, doubt, and fear. Anybody facing that right now? All those things that we just listed, and so much more, Jesus will turn them into what Paul says, into thanksgiving and praise. Only the peace of Jesus can do that. With everything going around us, we would do well to follow Simeon and Anna and the countless number of others who have remained faithful and dependent on the peace that only Jesus could give. And let me share this one with you. Not only will Jesus come to restore relationships, the peace of Jesus restore relationship. Not only would the peace of Jesus be given to guard your heart, but Justin was saying this a few weeks ago, and I think it's, bare, I think it's worth re- repeating. Jesus will give you so much peace that you will become a peacemaker. The peace of Jesus will overflow in your life so much that you will become a peacemaker. Matthew wrote what Jesus had spoken. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Now, I'm convinced that you don't just get peace, and it's not like something you pick up at Target, put it in the basket, go, and then you just start giving it out. It's not something you can easily figure out, too, because it'll look different in every relationship, every situation. But I am convinced that being with Jesus is an achievable characteristic of a person of peace. We, We can do that as we grow our relationship with Jesus. Paul writes this in Romans 15. He says this in verse, Romans 15:12. Again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will appear, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. The Gentiles will hope in him, him being Jesus. Now that God of hope may fill you with all joy and peace as you believe, so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. My brothers and sisters, I'm convinced about this because you also are full of goodness, filled with knowledge. And as, as Paul writes in verse 14, you are able to instruct one another. God is doing something in your life. He's right now. If you didn't realize that God was doing something in your life, let me tell you how a very simple approach to figure that out. You are sitting right here in this room at this very moment, or you're sitting right there online. The you're sitting right there at this very moment. God is wanting to do something in your life, otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Your road would not have intersected in this moment. The peace of God needs to do something in you. Only proximity to Jesus can we develop that peace in our lives. Can we develop that relationship so strongly that it leads to love and joy and peace that fills our hearts to the point of overflow. And it will lead us to instruct others to experience the same. So the question becomes, how are we allowing the peace of Jesus to overflow in our hearts? How are you doing it? That's not a question you're going to answer right here in 10 seconds. But you're going to have to pray through it. You're going to have to study it. You're going to have to read scripture on it. You're going to have to pray about it. You're going to have to journal about it. And you're going to have to ask yourself, Am I allowing the peace of Jesus to overflow in my life? You know, we have a bad saying in the United States duck on a pond. You know what I mean? Somebody says, How are you doing? I'm like a duck on a pond. On top, it is smooth sailing. No care in the world. We're just bobbing and weaving underneath the water. We don't need to be like that spiritually. Be a presence of peace. Be an agent of peace. My life group makes fun of me because every week of Advent, I say, become a dealer of something, a dealer of hope, a dealer of joy, a dealer of love. This week, I want you to be a dealer of peace. But to do that means God's peace inside of you has got to become something more we've got to become such a church and such a community of believers that out of this place overflows peace into our community. We spend, so much ty- we, we spend so much time fighting the things that aren't necessarily important. We spend so much time trying to prove that we're right, that we're missing opportunities to live at peace. Can I just be honest with you? It's not even in my notes. This is free and I have moments of time left. There's a lot of disagreement going on right now about a lot of things. At the end of the day, does any of it get anybody closer to Jesus Christ? I'm going to say that again, and then I want you to repeat some of your answers. There's a lot of disagreement about a lot of number of topics, and we have a wide spectrum of opinions on these topics. Does any of the things that you see the world arguing about Lead people to a deeper, fulfilling, loving relationship, living at peace with Jesus Christ. Then we can do better. If Jesus truly is here, if he's truly come in our lives, and he truly is the Prince of Peace, then we are to share that peace, that Prince of Peace, with those who come in contact with. Stop majoring on the minor. Stop worrying about the things that don't lead people to Jesus. And bring them into a place where they can meet Jesus for themselves and finally find peace that they are desperately searching for. That's how we can begin to overflow our hearts and live at peace. I'm glad you have an opinion. I'm glad you have personal choices. I'm glad you have freedoms and liberties. Use them wisely and lead people to Jesus and nothing else. So this morning, I'm sorry, that's a little extra for you. Let's get back on topic. So this morning I have to ask you two questions. Question number one is: Are are if you're absent of peace, I want you to ask yourself, where is Jesus in my life? Not everybody else's life, not everybody else's situation. If I am absent of peace in my life, where is Jesus? Can I see Him? When the band comes up in a few moments and we sing, I want you to reflect on that. Can I see Jesus? Because your options are two. One, you've never known where Jesus is to begin with, and you need to place your, your eyes, your heart, your trust, your faith, your life into Jesus Christ. We said it earlier there's no greater gift at Christmas than the gift of Jesus Christ. So this morning, before you leave, don't wait till Christmas Eve, don't wait till Christmas Day, don't wait to make it your New Year's resolution in a couple weeks. Right now, before you leave this very room, You say, I have no peace, I have no Jesus, and I need him in my life. And I promise you, myself, some other volunteers, people in this church, we will stay here, we will talk, we will pray, and we will share with you how you can accept Jesus Christ in your life. If you're absent of peace, but you've been in church, and you've been in a relationship with Jesus for a while, and you can't find peace in your life, then you need to pivot. You don't need to throw everything out and start everything fresh or make everything brand new, New Year's resolution that's over by January 31st. You need to just simply pivot, put your eyes on Jesus, and follow him. Peter writes it in, 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 in his letter to the people. He's like, you know what? If nothing else in this world, you need to just re- remain faithful to the creator of the universe and continue to do what is good. If that's all you can do, you do that because the promise, and Peter says this, that Jesus will find you and he will lead you. But you pivot and put your eyes on Jesus. Second question, if you're not at peace with others around you, ask yourself, how am I growing in my relationship not my knowledge disclaimer not my knowledge of jesus but how am i growing in my relationship with jesus and allowing him to fill me to the point of overflow 2a and then what am i doing with that overflow who am i sharing it with who am i giving it to as the band comes up let me share this with you i know that the next few days are going to be really tough For some of you, this is going to be the first Christmas that you have ever spent without a loved one. Maybe they passed away this year, which we've had several in our church that have lost loved ones this year. It could be this is the first Christmas season, or maybe the second holiday of Thanksgiving was the same, that you have not been able to spend the the day in the room with people that you love. It'll feel a little different. But I want you to understand, the absence of that can be, you can be given the peace of Jesus to fill it. So while it looks differently, it feels differently, the peace of Jesus can make it just as special. For some of you, I know the next few days, like you're not sure what's going to happen, you're not going to... Find the peace of Jesus. Let it become your center. And as the peace of Jesus grows in you, then be peaceful with those that you come in contact with. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. For a time that we can come, we can, we can study, we can be given an opportunity to receive peace. God, for so many of us in the room, so many of us watching online, so many of us that are watch later on during the week, peace is one of those things that always seems to elude us. But maybe, just maybe, it's because that we're trying to do it our way. So God, help peace not to be a cliche that we throw out there, but become the byproduct of a relationship that we have with you. Father, so many of us, we need peace, but really, truly, we need the eternal peace that's only found in Jesus Christ. We're going to need peace to go and spend time with family or friends these next few days. We can't be given it any other way than by you. So God, may our eyes be fixated on you. May we focus on you and you alone. So that the peace not only is present, but it's filling and it's overflowing. Wherever, wherever home, whatever place that we find ourselves in. Father, and some of us, maybe it's that relationship we need. Lead us to that. Maybe it's just that rededication and that pivot back to focus on you, whatever the case may be. As we sing, as we continue to respond and worship, God, would you fill our hearts in such a way that we overflow all the goodness, all the faithfulness that you've shown to us? And let it start with the peace of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.